I've said before on this show that Hobbiton was the heart of the Shire, and that the Shire is perhaps the heart of Middle-earth, and I stand by that. The Shire is the heart of Tolkien's creation because hobbits are our link into his larger, sub-created world. They are the simple, stable ground on which we can saunter into a realm still populated by those wise and beautiful and strange folk apparently so unlike us. Of course, I mean the elves. So if the Shire is the heart of our Middle-earth, as men, then Lothlorien is the heart of the elvish Middle-earth. Even in its digital representation, Lothlorien is, as Samwise said, like walking in a dream. This, you think, is what it's all about. Peace, quiet, otherworldly trees, sassy, xenophobic elves, and, of course, Nimrodel. A shining star by day Her mantle white was hemmed with gold Her shoes of silver grey A star was bound upon her brows A light was on her hair A sun upon the golden boughs In glory and the fair Nimrodel, sweet Nimrodel, what would the Golden Wood be without you? What's more, what would you be without Celebrant, your companion, just like the Amroth of your namesake? And that's where I am right now, Eglidiel, the angle, where the river Celebrant meets and feeds into Anduin, the great river. So, why this part of Lothlorien? Why not Caras Galathon or Karen Amroth? I don't know. Let's find out. It's Eglidiel on Beneath Your Feet. I never thought swan boats could be heroic. In fact, I never thought them appropriate outside of some half-formed pseudo-Victorian romance film. Tolkien changed all that. I'm still not totally comfortable imagining my hulking Bjorning or my stout and dour-handed dwarf guardian floating around in one. When I see them here in the height of Eglidiel, I get a good feeling. It's the feeling, as the Galathrim intend, of distant shores, of Alcalande so close to Valinor, the home of the gods, of Elwing and her love, Eärendil, who is hope. Wow, I really am in an elvish state of mind. Before you know it, I'll be drunk on the lawn, sending poorly translated prayers up to Elbereth. Oh wait, that's already happening. Eglidil, the Angle, is the most populated part of Lothlorien, as it is furthest from the Dimril Dale and closest to Caras Galathon. Since it is also the home of the lawn and hythe, it is, apparently, put to regular use for feasting and partying, not just because a certain band of eight travelers just passed through. It's a slight glimpse into the culture of this mixed band of Sindarin and Noldor elves, who are oftentimes portrayed 
as somber and depressed. True, the sorrow of the Eldar knows no end, but we also get a clear picture in the books that elves know how to throw down. From the lively gathering that Sam, Pippin, and Frodo stumble upon in the Shire, to the merry feasting of Thranduil's gang in Mirkwood, elves can party with the best of them. Oh, and don't worry, I won't touch the drinking scene from the Two Towers film. Just shameful. The party is dimmed, however, by the prospect of open war with Sauron and his lieutenants, even in Egladil. There are elvish soldiers standing by on rowboats, ready to storm the farther shore of Anduin and begin their preemptive assault on Mirkwood and Dal Guldur. But these prospects can't keep the beauty out of Egladil. Sitting on the lawn, or one of its lovingly made pavilions, you get an eyeful of the great river framed by the golden malorn so renowned by any who travel through the golden wood. The hazy, dreamy view is amplified as sunlight pours through the boughs of the trees. The gentle flowing of calibrant sounds and the soft din of the forest creatures finds your ears. You think, once again, this is what it's all about. The history of this region, and of Lothlorien, is intimately linked with the broader scope of Middle-earth. Its roots go back all the way to the years of darkness slipping past Amroth, through Khazad-dûm, into Eregion, and the period of the forging of the rings. Then back around again it comes as Eregion falls and Khazad-dûm passes into darkness. First came the Dark Elves who would not follow the Valar all the way into the west. In the First Age and beyond, after the War of Wrath, this easterly land was largely quiet, even as refugees arrived from the lands of Beleriand. With them came Amroth, alongside his father Amdir, and these Sindarin elves swiftly became the leaders of Lorelindorinan. The exploits of Amroth are well recorded, but factor in little here. The hill of Karen Amroth is away west of Egladil. After his famous departure, we step into the present, more or less, when Celeborn and his wife Galadriel took on the mantle of the Lord and Lady of the Galathrim. They were refugees as well, escapees from Eregion and its destruction by Sauron the Deceiver. Things were different in those days, and the dwarves of Khazad-dûm, the Dweradelf, granted their elven friends safe passage under the mountains, east into the Dimril Dale, and further on into Lothlorien. As a kind of new capital, they built Karas Galathon opposite Cairn Amroth, and there have they dwelt, ruling Lothlorien for many a century. Sometimes Rivendell and Lothlorien are set in contrast against one another, and they are certainly related. The last homely house east of the sea is a refuge and certainly very elvish, whether you liked food or sleep or work, or storytelling or singing or just sitting and thinking best, or a pleasant mixture of them all. Its elvishness is more down to earth, however. 
Bilbo even describes the love of those elves for their poetry and song as comparable to the hobbit's love of food. The elves of Rivendell even live on the ground. Lothlorien is, again, dreamy in its character. In Rivendell, one loses track of time the same way one does when caught in a good book. In Lothlorien, one remains in waking sleep, seemingly, a kind of undead quality for those not used to it. Time functions differently, and it all has something to do with Galadriel's ring. The lady tells us that Nenya and Lothlorien with it will fade when the One Ring is destroyed. Elvish magic is never specific, but we know that the Ring of Water is something to do with preservation. I find this perfectly fitting, as time is often described as a river. Taken a step further, even the location of Egladil itself works into this metaphor. It's placed snugly between two streams, just as temporal space here in our primary world has been considered an eddy in the great unending current of time. And here we stand in these uncertain days, under the care and the power of Nenya, the ring of water, borne by the lady herself. Unlike our characters in the game, perhaps more like Galadriel herself, we can see the future, we know that soon the lady will pass away. Thereafter will her husband, and so the last great elf lord will depart this disenchanted world. But for now, we who travel here can savor the dreams of elvendom on earth in their misty splendor before we go our own ways. Thanks for listening to Beneath Your Feet. As you've noticed, some newish, oldish episodes are now being produced. Expect them when you see them. For more information on the show, please visit anchor.fm slash L-O-T-R-O-B-Y-F. From there, you can find links to share the show across all platforms. You can message me or send me a voicemail, which might just be included on the show. You can also leave a tip. Any support, a review, a share, a dollar, is all very much appreciated. Today's music comes from the Lord of the Rings online soundtrack and the Tolkien Ensemble. This episode was written and read by me. My name is Derek, and we'll see you next time when we go Beneath Your Feet. <laughs>